Hello and welcome to the Aligned Leader podcast. I'm Daniel Jordi and I'm your host. And on the Aligned Leader, we feature some of the most cutting edge technology CEOs and digital executives in Switzerland in order to empower next generation entrepreneurs to cut their learning curve and in order to establish Switzerland as a global digital innovation hub. So, welcome to the show today. Today I have Sandra Stella Triple with me and she calls herself a misfit and entrepreneur and I'm very excited to hear that story. So, Sandra, thank you so much for uh, being on the show today. Tell us a little bit more about Sandra. Who is Sandra and what, or Sandra Stella, depending on like what you want to pick. Um, I just go with Sandra today. Um, tell us a little bit more about who you are and what got us, you know, what's the story behind that um, got us to where we are today? Well, how much time do we have? Like, <laughs> that's epic. <laughs> Let's make it short. Uh, what brings me here is a constant curiosity for life. Uh, constant curiosity for people and um, well straight to the point that's it what brings me here at the end of the day I always was a curious kid Um, my mother did not like it that much she came from an Italian French very poor family background and she had this daughter who's connected with everybody who's talkative who's talking to everybody who's Uh, going out, who wants to make phone calls to the doctors by herself. And I think she felt quite neglected by her daughter. (laughs) Like, um, because um, we had this conversation years, years later before she died. My mom died eight years ago. And um, like two years before she died, she mentioned that to me. You always gave me that feeling that you don't need me. And that was so tough for me. And I adored you and I envied you. And so we had quite a troubled relationship and this was um, very crucial to me for all my life. When you have in your inner circle, in your family, um, a a relationship with your mom, I always loved, but who was full of tension and full of misunderstandings until the very end. And um, good luck we could solve it at the end, but... Um, that's that's something um, really influencing you, and maybe that um, this ambivalence, this curiosity I had, and this holding me back from my mom, that was quite a thing for my whole story and how I developed later on. So there's this common theme of curiosity that comes up. You said it a couple of times. So. Along the way over, you know, the past many years, where did that curiosity get you to? Like, what, a, what, a, what is the journey that got you, that, that got this curiosity, got you uh, on? Uh, I think this curiosity brought me to the point that I was never afraid of something. That might, may sound a bit weird, but I'm not really afraid. I, I was with my grandmom when she died when I was 19 or 20. So um, I was never afraid of, um, of death. I was never afraid of dying. I was never afraid of losing. I was never afraid of um, falling or um, break something, ruin something, mess something up. Um, because I thought I can always stand up and uh, do it better next time and I can learn it. 
So um, again, that was something with my mom and even with my dad, they freaked out about me because they said, well, that's hot, don't touch it. I touched it because I had to feel it for myself. So that's how I learned, that's how I developed my skills. Um, but that brought me um, to, for instance, um, to a very early, my first job was for a German radio station. It was the first uh, private radio station in Baden-Württemberg, and I was the sports reporter there with uh, not even 16 years. Because I come from a family background who's very sporty. Um, my brothers played football until National League B. Um, my dad was in a national cadre of uh, athletics, so he was several times Swiss champion, 800 and 1,000 meter. Um, and I was uh, Swiss champion um, of 18 meters when I was 12. So, um, and I was known in the neighborhood as pretty talkative and open and connective. And when uh, this radio station in Germany opened and I uh, grew up um, right across the border to Germany in Steinsekringen. So my neighbor was uh, editor-in-chief of that uh, radio station and they were looking for young talents um, in that field and they asked me if I would do some sport things like football matches. So I uh, started to comment um, football matches um, when FC Basel was back in the days uh, in Nationalliga B. So um, together with the FC Zurich. And so that's my whole media career started back then. And my mom was always, please, please kid, just do something in your life. You can earn money with talking. And it's so funny that I still do that because I host a lot of events, my own conferences. I love to talk. I love to connect with people. And I do earn money with it. And sometimes I feel like maybe she can watch me and maybe she's proud meanwhile that you really can earn money with talking like that. It's awesome. So that's what brought me. That is really interesting. First of all, this is not very Swiss. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> When he said, you know, I'm not afraid of things. I'm not, a failing, I'm not afraid of failing. And, and well, that's all that, you know, isn't Swiss. And I find that really interesting because um, sometimes, you know, you look at a culture and uh, we can, you know, we can say we're both basically Swiss, you know, at least part uh, Swiss. And uh, in the Swiss culture, it's very often, it's a bit driven by, you know, by, by, by just safety first and, you know, never fail. And what, what is the neighbor going to think? My dad worked for an insurance company. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's always interesting to see these misfits like you and me in this, uh, in, in, in a culture or in anything, in a company in whatever. Um, cause I find that always interesting in talking to those people and, and figuring like, like what, what makes those people tick? Like what makes them, um, go outside of the boxes. So, um, it's, it's, I never think like, about, do you think about going outside of the box or being outside of your comfort zone? You just do it because it feels normal to you. And when you grow up, you, um, realize that you're different, that you solve problems different, uh, differently, that you, that you talk differently, that you see things differently, that you feel things maybe others do not feel to the same extent. And um, for me, it's just natural, that's just me. I never thought about how I am I, or how should I be, or how do people want to see me? I, that sounds weird again, maybe, but I don't care if, what people think about me because I can't change myself. That's, I want to be my essence, and I want to be as truthful to people as I can. 
And I'm not afraid of showing everything, all my essence. I'm not afraid because, I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? People can neglect you. They can think uh, she's weird, she's dumb, she's bonkers, whatever. But it won't change my essence because my essence is something I cannot change. That's just something very beautiful. And um, that's, that's how I see it. I love it. I mean, there's so many golden nuggets in there that you shared that I learned along the way. And I sometimes feel like women get it easier and faster than men. For us, it always, you know, our ego needs to buy in, first of all, as well. And our rational side needs to... Yeah, get women tend to uh, need to ask a friend or a mom or, can I do that? Should I really do it? <laughs> that's, the, that's the other thing women tend to do. Yeah, it's interesting. That's what I love about and I guess that gets us to the next uh, piece. That's what I love about, you know, this, you know, there's this whole thing about diversity out there, right? And we had a, an interesting conversation last time about this. And, you know, for a long time, I feel like diversity has been a lot about just women, 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 women. And it's all about, you know, just, just women. So let's just, let just, let, let the business world be ruled by women now or something like that. I think that's totally insane. Um, as, as it's, as, as it's insane. That when women would rule the world, maybe uh, you never know what would have happened. No, I agree, but it's either. What I'm saying is, it's not about you know either women ruling the world or men ruling the world. It's about you know, um, it's first of all, it's not about ruling, (laughs) and second, it's about doing something together. And uh, I want to talk about that because you've been in this uh, world of empowerment, world of um, female entrepreneurship, female leadership in this world for quite a while and you've done some really interesting things there. So um, first, maybe tell us a little bit about what you've been up to in this world and second, what is it that got you into this? Like, what is it that really drives you to make those changes? Well, again, here, it was no strategy. I'm not a strategist. I'm not a chess player. Um, I just felt um, I had um, my own company for two or three years um, after having the 200 years anniversary for the Canton Arca, for uh, the government, it was a huge, huge party, 2003, with uh, almost 140 pr- different kind of projects. You may remember the Barre Kuchtrai Fest, with up to 400,000 people partying uh, um, there. And uh, that was a huge thing. And after that... Um, uh, I um, found my own company and started to work for different uh, investors in the media field. I've, um, I was in charge um, of uh, creating and establishing a car fleet magazine on Swiss market for the investors. And I had that up and running uh, within two years. Um, meanwhile, it belongs uh, to one of the large publishing houses in Switzerland. Um, and after that experience, I was, I think, on a plane from Wolfsburg. I visited uh, Volkswagen there, back um, to my place, and I was, uh, uh, I wanted to buy a magazine for me. And I realized there are just fashion magazines, or Bunte, or Gala, so celebrities, gossip. I'm not into gossip. I love stylish things. I love fashion, but not on 250 pages. Uh, well, 
Um, so I was really like um, in between the style magazines and the economic driven or economy papers um, or Times Magazine, whatever, but nothing with a female touch. And I came back and I told that to my husband, who is a singer-songwriter, and I was like, to be honest, a lot, a lot of these magazines don't reflect me. They, um, I always feel a little bit stupid when I read them. And I mean, I had have a university degree. I'm pretty intelligent. I can handle quite like complex things. I'm able like to process that. Um, I have an active brain, left and right side. So um, I was, I, I, I just thought something is missing on the market. My husband was like, what are you waiting for? You have been in the field for how many years? You studied media sciences, so go ahead. Don't wait that somebody does it for you, just do it yourself. And I'm thankful that for that push and then direction from my husband and, and actually we just founded the company. I, uh, I did um, what you call a null number, so a, a zero number, issue zero. I showed that around to different marketing, um, uh, head of marketings in, in different companies and everybody was like, oh, that's awesome, that's, that's so new. I mean, that's 11 years ago. Um, and and the lots of them were like, okay, um, we do ads in it. And uh, after 10 or 12 meetings, we knew that we can get over the first year, that we can pay all bills, that we don't have to get an investor on board, that we can really start that uh, adventure and that journey. So we did it. And then everything came along the way, like always, not really planned. <laughs> That's another thing I love what you just shared. I mean, first of all, you have this um, entrepreneurial DNA right there built into this zero number because you, you, you didn't go out and say, you know, let's build a magazine, so to say. Let's, you know, it was more like, okay, let's just create something and then go around, talk to a couple of people and see what they say and see what the feedback is, see what people tell us about this and everything. And, and if they're interested in, you know, taking out their credit card, right, so to say, uh, right. opening their wallet. Because at the end of the day, you don't know if somebody... Uh, is willing to buy until they buy, right? It's, it's, it's kind of like what it is. So I find that really interesting. Um, and then also like what you said, you know, there's not like this huge strategy behind it. Let's just go out and try something and, 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 and see what, it, what happens. Because, I mean, let's be honest, looking back over the past, you know, 10, 11 years, you would probably have not expected 99% of the things that happened in any way. Like you couldn't have predicted anything, you know, after that number zero, basically, because that's how the world works, right? That's why stock market is so difficult because we can't really predict the future. It's, it's impossible. You know, we can, we can make assumptions, but then we'll, there's no way around testing them. So I find that really, really interesting. Now on this pursuit of, you know, what you've been building, um, the journey you've been on, if you had to point out one or two um, specific examples of, of key lessons you learned, what would you point out? My whole life, I mean, everything is just a, a big lesson. But I mean, life is a playground. We're here to play, to experience ourselves, um, not to take us very serious, and to have a lot of fun, um, to see and remember that in our essence, um, 
all the power lies within us and not externally. And um, I mean, that's what it's all about. That's, but that's an ongoing les lesson. That's never a goal. That's just an ongoing way you're on it. It's a path. It's a mindset, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's a way of looking at life. Because if you say, look, it's a, it's a playground, you know, there's people look at life different ways. You basically say it's a playground. And because it's a playground, you go about it in a certain way, meaning, well, it's a playground. So let's start playing, you know, like there's a lot of toys lying around. There's lots of fun <laughs> things to do. So let's just go out and do those fun things. Right. And other people say, you know, maybe life's a box. Okay. Then you look at it that way. Right. Um, I mean, I you really create the world you're thinking. So whatever you think the world will look like it. So you create every day your own world. And if you are afraid of things, um, fear will always be part of your life. And if you see the world as a playground, it will always be playful and fruitful and exciting. And sometimes I just feel like a kid. I'm 40, I, I, I turned 45 in May and I still feel like a teenager inside. And sometimes people were like, oh, why are you not a mom? So I don't have kids. Um, never happened. But anyway, um, I, I, I always tend to say, let me grow up in this life and then have kids next life. So because I feel so childish and, um, and, and I see myself in such a different way than others, I mean, you and me, we, we, we have to do with a lot of managers, CEOs, and some of them, not all of them, but some of them take it so serious themselves, their job. I mean, are you your function? Are you your position? No, you're not. You're Daniel. I'm Sandra. So I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm a misfit. Okay, that's one box. That's just the tag. But that's not me at the end of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Like, I mean, I want to, I want to stay on this topic a little bit because, you know, as you said, like the, you know, sort of, I don't know exactly how you said it, but sort of like the way you look at life, that's how it becomes, right? It's, it's basically, if you it's look at it's self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at life black and white, well, you see black and white, right? I mean, that's pretty much the way it I mean, is. It's pretty colorful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's fairly simple. I mean, it makes sense, right? But on a daily basis, it's very hard to, to, to stay in that awareness, in that presence. Is there, is there, is there like a thing you do every day to, or on a regular basis to be in that mindset, in that awareness? Because then, you know, sure, it's a habit. Yes. It's, it's a thing that you um, just do for a long time. And usually, or at one point it becomes a habit, but is there something that you've done or you do, or you, 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 um, you get involved in, in order to stay in that awareness? Well, on the one hand, I think it's part of my essence being that way because I always was like that. I already painted books and made stories when I was a little child. I, um, I always wrote stories from my very um, childhood days on. So nothing really changed in my life. I still do magazines and do conferences and do talks and... I organized friends going out in the woods and make party there because I grew up in a, in a very rural on the countryside. Um, 
So uh, I always did that when I was a child. I still do it. So that's part, obviously, part of me. Uh, but on the other hand, um, what you said is interesting because we tend to forget what our essence is, to layer it with all expectations people and the society has. And we put that on our shoulders. We put the whole pressure of the world on our shoulders. And we should not. To put that away again, I started to do a morning ritual. So I get up, uh, like today, I get up at 7 in the morning. I uh, bring myself um, a nice uh, cup of coffee. Um, I uh, read for half an hour. Sometimes I watch some YouTube videos. Um, then I spend uh, like almost an hour on the yoga mat, do some meditation, take a shower, and then start working. So it takes me up to two hours for that whole ritual. But uh, um, when I started it, I thought I can never do that because normally I tend not even to pee within a business day. Yeah, at the end of the day, I don't have time to pee. Not even that. And first, when I thought about starting that morning ritual. Um, I thought I can never make that more than four or five days because I, I have, have a, a constant lack of time. Um, but meanwhile, I do that since several months. It's just a habit. It's normal. Um, it's just part of a normal day. I miss it if I don't do it. And I forgive myself if I cannot do it. So if I'm too tired or I have an early uh, meeting in the morning, um, then it's like that. It's okay. So sometimes you have to forgive yourself too for not doing something. And um, I mean, I'm not a computer, uh, although I don't know if we are not all a computer or a bot. You never know that. That's a whole different story. <laughs> Alan Musk, I know. Um, and um, well, it's, it's something I do because I, I, um, I heard myself saying, oh, it's such a pity. I have the Bhagavad Gita. I have the Upanishads in my bookshelf. I never read it. I have the Bible. I never read it. I have the Quran and stuff like that. Um, um, speeches of Buddha. I never read them. And I thought, why? What waiting for? I mean, my, and then I started with my dad. My dad is somebody with a huge, huge, big heart and uh, just, just a good person, a good guy. And he always told me, well, when I'm uh, 65, I stop working. Then I go traveling with your mom. I buy a dog. I do all the stuff I like. I go running. So what happened? My mom died of cancer. He got uh, dementia. Um, and now he's sitting with uh, 73 in his home um, and, um, yeah, not having the life he intended to because he always wanted to save something for later. But then you tend to risk that you can never experience it. Um, I mean, a lot, a lot of good things happened to my dad and with my dad, but... It was not like he had planned it. So as I have seen that um, through the experience with my dad, I tend not to postpone things, but just do it. If I feel like I should do it, let's do it. Don't postpone it, not even for tomorrow, because what happens tomorrow, you never know.
maybe I now I drive after by car to Zurich. I could die in a car accident. You never know. That may be my last talk with somebody. So what? So that's how it is. I don't think about it. So not postpone anything. Just do it. Goes back to the playground. It's really right. interesting. Like it's it's it's. I mean, to me, it's fascinating. I mean, not only because you don't check emails uh, first thing in the morning and spend nope. you know seven hours <laughs> in your inbox. Um, I started to check my my emails. I, I I woke up and first thing in my bed, I was checking emails and text messages, and. I, I, I realized I don't even breathe them normally because you, you wake up in the morning and see, you see first emails, you need to troubleshoot something and you see that, my gosh, what's happening here? And that's not how you should start in the morning. That's I mean, even, nobody yeah. should start in the morning. Even with this idea of waking up and going in your email and having to troubleshoot makes me think, okay, I should go to bed with a rifle, you know? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just crazy. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. But I mean, it's. I mean, look, look at the people. Um, if you see them at the Zurich Bahnhofstrasse, we see them at airports. People are always in a rush. They're always running. From what? I don't know. It's like they're always running. But at the same thing, they, or same moment, they are always waiting for something to come. So they're rushing around, but waiting for something. Maybe that never comes. So that's that's really weird. Not I'm weird. The others maybe are weird. <laughs> yeah, it's just. I mean, and, and I guess we're all guilty of that. Uh, at, at parts of our lives and parts of our days, it's 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 you know, there's there's no perfect setup. Um, but why are you talking about guilt? Say again. Why are you talking about guilt? You what mentioned you mean, you're all guilty. You said that. Oh, did I? Yeah. Okay, I didn't even realize that. Huh. I don't know. Your guilt know. is a heavy word. That's not part of my microcosm. Interesting, yeah. So what would you say if you slip up? Like, maybe there's a day you wake up and you just check your emails, you know? Forgive, is it more about forgiving yourself then? Or, like, what's... Yeah, <laughs> Then it's like that. I mean, we're again. I'm not a stra- I'm I'm not a chess player, and I'm not having strategies in life. And if I wake up in the morning and I have this this strong feeling to first thing check my emails, then I just do it. Maybe I I find something very very important. But to be honest, what's really important? Mm. Not normally not what's in my email. And, that's and really, I yeah. was watching a lot, a lot of TED Talks um, throughout the last months about happiness at the end of your lifetime. And, mm-hmm. and I see that with my dad or with my uh, grandparents. Um, I mean, at the end of your days, if you look back and you think about what made you really happy, it's not an email, it's not an Excel it's not a Word document. It's not something you mentioned. It's not your to-do list. It's not something you have checkboxes for it. It's truthful relationships. That's, at the end of your days, what makes you really happy. And that's something I invest in. Not in emails, but in truthful relationships. That was a big one. 
Mm-hmm. That was a big one, you know, and it's, uh, I feel like sometimes it's easy to cover stuff like that. You know, this important core, like you mentioned before, this is who I am. This is who you are. Sometimes it's so easy to cover these things with all the influences and everything. And if we go back to the core, life is so simple. Yeah. If he, if he, that, that, that's his story with this fisher who meets the, the very rich guy. You know it. I mean, everybody knows it. And at the end, again, you sit there and you want to just enjoy life. You want to have a, maybe a glass of wine, a um, piece of bread, some cheese, enjoy a sundown. That's what people always, always want. I know a lot of these so-called top 300 riches of Switzerland. I know quite a lot of them. And, and if you talk with them, what are their visions, what makes them happy, sit together with friends, with family, having a glass of wine, enjoy life. Not find, found another company, not, not work 15 hours per day, not checking 356 mails per day. That's not what makes you happy. And um, yeah, this business life soaks us in sometimes, you, you mentioned it. We tend to accept these layers, that, these expectations people put on us. But you always have to do like that and say, oh, yeah, that, just remember what I am. Always remember what I am and what I need. And not what others need. I don't live the life of others. I live my life. And I'm here for a purpose. I wanted to be here. I wanted to have this experience, this very experience. So I'm not sad about, I, I, had, I had years that was not very healthy. And um, as I mentioned, my mom had cancer for over 20 years. My dad has multiple sclerosis on top. So I came from a family who was very ill. Uh, my mom, my sister-in-law just died last year from one day to another. My brother has cancer. So it, it is ongoing. And I'm, meanwhile, the only one in, in my family who's really healthy. And I'm so thankful for it. But I know I have to invest in my health and in, in me um, and, and um, make my existence worthy. Mm. That's what I try. Mm. That's a good thing to try, to try every day, every day. Yeah, sometimes succeed, sometimes not. Yeah. Love it's that. play. We just play. It's always going back to the playground. This is good. This is a good theme. <laughs> Very good theme. I mean, if, if let's just get to that quickly. Um, like, is, I mean, is there, like, if you had a couple of last words to the world, what would they be? Is there something that you would just in one sentence say, this is it? Yeah, we always tend to reduce something to the max and to have very good headlines. I mean, um, if, I, if, I really, if you really push me to the point, I have to, to have one final sentence, then it is the one, just, just realize and remember that all the power, all the beauty lies within you. That's the only thing I have to say. Love it. Love it. Is there something, um, you know, I mean, just to, before we uh, finish the conversation, talk uh, just quickly about what's most exciting right now. Like, you know, you're, you're involved in lots of interesting things. 
I know that. Uh, if you had to pinpoint, like, what is, what, is, what is exciting you the most right now? Oh, the people I meet for my conferences. I mean, and, and also for the magazine, for the blog, I do uh, a new YouTube video called Ladies Drive Coffee Run. It starts um, first week of March. So I do um, also things like you do now with these uh, interviews online. So I meet a lot, uh, lots of inspiring people, and um, that's that's really a privilege um, doing what I can do with with my publishing house, with the magazines, the blogs, the conferences. You're always in touch with people, and and it's amazing to see how connected we are. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all one. If we are a bot or not, <laughs> if we're 100% fully nature we're also connected and to feel that more and more coming to realize that more and more people are aware they are conscious they're mindful that's that's amazing to see that's inspiring to see it very very much is and uh, this uh, interview was very inspiring as well so thank you so much sandra for being on the show for sharing your wisdom so thank you so much for being on the show Thanks for listening to The Aligned Leader. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe so you get full access to all the newly released episodes every Wednesday. Do you have any topics that you would like us to cover? Then send us an email to daniel at leadersbridge.org and we'll work on it. And if you'd like to learn more about our initiatives, for example, like the CEO Collaboration Day, head over to leadersbridge.org.